welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. Woo! We are back with season two, where we are reading through the Wills of Mercy Falls series, and we are starting off with Shiver by Maggie Stiefvater. So the last episode, uh, we met our main characters, Grace and Sam. Grace is our lovely human girl who's obsessed with some wolves and Sam is the wolf in particular that she is obsessed with. Mm-hmm. So they had their first um, like official like face-to-face close contact encounter with him being a wolf and her being human, obviously. We had left it off with them meeting up when he is human. He has been shot as a wolf, came back as a human. It's their first encounter, both as humans. And he's naked. And he's naked. Shows up on her porch. Bloody. Wonderful. Great first date coming up for you. So we're on chapter 14, which is in Grace's point of view, and it's 45 degrees. So Grace finds herself staring at the boy while he's laying in a hospital bed because she took him to the hospital. She says, if he'd gone to my school, he probably would have been dismissed as an emo kid or maybe a long lost member of the Beatles. He had that sort of mop top black hair and interestingly shaped nose that a girl could never get away with. He looked nothing like a wolf, but everything like my wolf. When the nurse enters, she asks Grace if she knows why he did it. Grace was confused by the question because he was shot by hunters. The nurse continues to insinuate that Sam had actually shot himself and Grace insisted he didn't and the rude nurse (laughs) (laughs) I said bitchiest rudest nurse on the planet. Yeah that's a mouthful though. I feel like she just sees a lot. Uh, so the nurse points out that there's cuts on his wrist uh, and then acted like Grace was a terrible person for not getting him the help he needs or something which makes no sense. <laughs> I love these notes. After that encounter, Sam starts to stir because though he was supposed to be sedated, he, he's really not. He asks who Grace was. She starts to wonder if he even remembers being a wolf. A few moments later, he grabs her hand and smells it, realizing it was Grace um, because he knows by scent, of course. Realizing it is September, Sam tries to figure out how to wow spring out of there that's funny that was unintentional but i i'm glad i i wrote that um he has to leave quickly before they find out that he's already healed but the chill outside could easily turn him back into wolf which he desperately doesn't want to do grace points out they will think he's trying to avoid counseling because of the scars on his wrists and then he says oh that i didn't do that my mom did this one dad did the other one i remember they counted backward as they they do it at the same time i still can't stand to look at a bathtub so Sam lays back down on the bed and a male nurse comes in. Wow, he tries to cop a feel while pretending to comfort Grace. Okay. And she she pretends she peed her pants so he'll bring her clothes for sanitation <laughs> too. Um, as soon as they get uh, the scrubs, both of them bolt. Sam hesitates at the door, however, worrying about the cold and the fact that he has nowhere to go. And then Grace tells him he's going to stay with her, of course, and then goes to get the car. Okay, so trigger warning, obviously. Obviously. Because there's scars on Sam's wrist uh-huh. and it's because they assume that he has... I did too at first because I completely forgot about all this. Yeah, they assume he's attempted to commit suicide and that now there's a gunshot wound to his throat, which I don't know how many suicides <laughs> I've seen. It's not funny, but it's kind of silly. Like, it's like one of those things where we were talking about culpable on Hango Show, mm-hmm. and, you know, he allegedly attempted suicide. Now, this guy's allegedly attempted suicide and has shot a great, yeah. like, grazed his throat. And they're like, oh, he must have tried to commit suicide. That one, I could see a little bit more because they could have been like, like he if somebody noticed him in the process of doing it and try to like get the gun away Stop from it. him yeah 
I don't know. Misfire. I could be wrong, but I'm imagining it like grazing like this way, mm-hmm. which y'all can't see me doing hand motions, but it's the side of his throat. So like close to like from like close to his ear, it's like cut there from the bullet wound. So it's not like he put it to his temple or anything. I don't know. I just, I don't see how people could suspect that as suicide. Yeah. But like with the, we didn't the say scars these. and like thinking of what this nurse might see mm-hmm. off in, um, and this being like two teenagers like yeah and this was a time where cutting was a huge thing in schools and uh, it, I mean like it was it was an epidemic in a lot of high schools was a lot of cutting I know kids that cut and I hope nobody's doing that now it's I mean I've seen kids do that and it's not it's not uncommon it wasn't uncommon in my time and I'm sure it hasn't changed much um, now Sam didn't do that his parents did it in the way that he like states it to grace this person he first like officially met mm-hmm. just now is so like um yeah i didn't do that my parents did it yeah they thought something was yeah. wrong with me so they tried taking out the demon you know yeah but he's also very groggy at this point yeah. like he's under the influence of drugs he should not be awake with how much mm-hmm. drugs he has yeah. in his sim- system right now but he doesn't seem groggy to me but yeah yeah him being like who are you to grace mm-hmm. i found interesting while like going over this just now because like i mean he's seen her in his human form only a couple of times mm-hmm. and like recognized her in that way he like notices her more in his wolf form because that's who he sees often and we yeah. kind of figure out that there's this like disconnect between the wolf and the human in a, in a way yeah and it, so he like doesn't completely recognize her or the moment at that time it um is covered in later books not fully but like it takes them a minute to realize yeah, yeah. Like, between human and wolf yeah. that they're you know so like they don't gain their human memories mm-hmm. until like a little bit later because they're still coming out of that wolf yeah. phase they still have the wolf brain they kind of make their grand escape Mm -hmm. at the hospital because he heals fast he heals really fast kind of one of those wolf abilities and i feel like that's pretty common in like most media i know like teen wolf is what wolf media i've seen yeah they heal fast Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of other things i don't think i have anything else on that chapter other than a hate the nurse first off that's not how you i mean if you couldn't tell by my notes that's not how you no, no, go no. about something you like call that. in the therapist Counts, counselor yeah. i don't know what it is hospitals i watch like chicago med and stuff they have one <laughs> You're not supposed to sit there and be like, oh, you're a bitch because you didn't uh, take your boyfriend to mm-hmm. get psychological help. First off, you're talking to 17-year-olds. Yeah. 17-year-olds do not react that way. 17-year-olds do not have that frontal lobe capacity in order to think, hey, wait a minute, hold up. My partner is mentally ill. Not that this is the situation they're yeah, in at if, all. But if they're not like, oh, my partner is mentally ill, maybe I need to get them psychological help. No, it's like, it's me and them against the world and I'm going to protect them with everything I have. Yeah. As a teenager myself with a, and I was romantically involved with a very f- 
up individual. You don't realize how bad it is and you don't go into that Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I need to get them help or no, you're like, oh, I'm the thing that's going to help them. Yeah. I'm the sound person that's going to fix them because that's what you do as a teenage girl. It's not realistic at all, but that's what you think. I think as an adult with a medical degree, this person should have been like, wait a minute, I should not be blaming this child for how they're reacting. Mm -hmm. I should be getting them help myself. Well, I think we realized that all the adults in this book are so they are yeah. and this mm-hmm. nurse i mean it just pissed me off because this point a lot like, yeah it does and it, it just pissed me off i mean it really did because and there are nurses like this and there are nurses who are more helpful and understanding yeah. kind of like any job get the yeah. good and the bad definitely definitely chapter 15 is from grace's perspective and it's 43 degrees outside later that night in grace's room the two were trying to go to sleep grace on her bed and sam on the floor we get one of those tropes the same room room with only one bed and he's being super chased about it They're not both in it, though. Yeah. They start talking about what happened to Grace as a kid, and eventually Grace talks Sam into sleeping in her bed. Like, it's really cold down there, I'm you sure. It's a little drafty right there. Come and snuggle up right next to me. And so let's just point it out like here. my full-size bed. Come on. <laughs> full-size. Let's just point it out right here right now. Grace is definitely the instigator in, like, Hell the yeah. romantic yeah. thing. Like, Sam's like... Like, holding back, I understand completely because that's my relationship with my boyfriend. She's like, totally, okay, I'm going to do this to you. You're going to (laughs) like, whoa. (laughs) She's like, no, 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 you're going to sleep in my bed. She's very forward for a teenage girl, in my opinion, Mm because I was not this way as a teenager at all. It was. But she's like spent her whole life kind of like having to do things for herself. Yeah, so it makes sense. mm -hmm. It's just, it wasn't me as a teenager because yeah. I was more like oh no 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 in my 20s it's like okay I'm confident I'm just gonna do whatever I want and they're yeah. gonna either be okay with it or not be okay with it you know if they have a problem with it they can say something or you know I'll ask obviously I was not this way as a teenager I was one of those people that I waited for the other person to make the call and it's kind of shocking to me that she's like so forward yeah. with it because I didn't gain that confidence or anything until I was in my 20s yeah well, you kind of think of, like, the whole background of the situation and how, finally, first off, the wolf is a boy. The wolf is a boy. A cute boy. A cute boy. I have to keep him while I can. Yes. What can I do to, like, help move this thing along? Let me Like, sed- if I was Grace. <laughs> Let me seduce him. <laughs> I was Grace, night one. Bada bing, bada bang. But Sam is our biggest cinnamon roll ever, and even though he was super hesitant about the idea, he continues the conversation by telling her she should be a werewolf and she admitted she wished she was sam said he did too we carry on this one for a while yeah i've only read book one lately but i'm sure we carry on this one for a little bit Mm -hmm. chapter 16 is from sam's perspective it is 42 degrees fahrenheit sam woke up that morning noticing grace's presence in the bed after her parents left without checking in on her (laughs) he found warmer clothing and (laughs) (laughs) you can tell how I feel about the parents. (laughs) 
<laughs> he found warmer clothing and walked to a shed deep in the woods to get his own clothes. He noticed the wolves and tried to talk to a few of them with no noticeable luck. He admitted he was scared of going back into the bedroom. Maybe Grace had changed her mind about him being around. He worried about Grace thinking he was a freak and remember his parents' not-so-great reactions to having a werewolf for a son. I should also mention that Sam composes lyrics for songs throughout the book mainly about Grace. We've talked about that a little bit before but mm-hmm. it happens here too when he goes back into her room he realizes it wasn't the room of a normal teenager grace's room seemed more adult her book selection was even non-fiction and mysteries i was just gonna say like you can tell this is mine because i was like even her books are wrong for her age uh he says i was suddenly struck by how dissimilar we were it occurred to me that if grace and i were objects she would be an elaborate digital clock synced up with the world clock in london with technical perfection and I'd be a snow globe shaking memories in a glass ball. I don't know why I felt like that needed to be said. but oh, I it, love that part. I love that part so much and it's like it's so realistic of how he views her and how he views himself. Like he's not he doesn't feel like he's fully a person which technically he's not but yeah. I mean like even when he's actually human he doesn't feel like an actual human. He, he kind of feels like a shell of a being. He's yeah. Like, Who am I? What am I? Yeah. And he also feels like he doesn't belong to either world no yeah. he doesn't he hates you go back and forth so much like yeah since the age of seven yeah i, I completely understand like mm-hmm. who are you at that point uh the next sentence was also too perfect not to put in these notes it says i struggled to find something to say that wouldn't sound like a greeting of an interspecies stalker good morning i managed sorry i liked it too much <laughs> edward would be like good day <laughs> Hate Edward. So he says good morning, which <laughs> is hilarious. Because you're like, what do I say? What do I say? Hi. Good morning. You know those moments where like, what do I say? What do I say? I really like this person. Hi. <laughs> you say something really stupid. Literally me with my boyfriend every single time we see each other. I'm like, I have all these really, because he's you're like, Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? How's your day been? Hey, boo. No, not even that, because he would hate that. My boyfriend is on a totally different level for most people. Like, he is super smart, and it's very hard sometimes to, like, form sentences where I'm like, okay, this is smart enough to say to him. Not that he cares. He thinks I'm perfect, but some similar being. It's still, like, nerve-wracking because you're like, oh, this person's amazing. What do I say? I get it. I get it, Sam. They talk for a bit, but Sam is trying not to pay attention to the way Grace looks in a camisole. (laughs) Edward? Is that you? (laughs) They're sexy shoulders. I mean, like, there's more to... tits out. Tits out. Me and a camisole versus the sleeveless button of, oh my god the ghost is back oh sorry <laughs> the light turned back on i'm terrified <laughs> caitlin has a phantom light and no. it's really thrown me off Grace brings all the boys to the yard is milkshake brings all the boys to the yard i feel like she's no. like a b cup probably uh, more than well, likely brought, she brought the ghost back i don't know <laughs> sam Sam has not said she had a... <laughs> Sam, when he tries not to look at Grace's breast. <laughs> Sam has not, in all three books, has not said anything about her bodacious bosom. So <laughs> why are you ruining it for me? I need something spicy. <laughs> well, obviously, it ain't going to get that, that spicy. There, there is a... there. There's a part about a sundress. I'll let you think Wait, of it what you that will. That ass, though. That ass, though. More like his. She's the one who stared at his ass. So, yeah. <laughs> she does, though. <laughs> 
like, I checked them out real quick. She does. I'm sorry. You've made me remember a part of my teenagehood where me and Katie used to lift our legs in a circular motion, like making a rainbow like you do and go, that ass. And I don't know why we did it or what reason we had to do it, but we did it all the time for no yeah, sorry about that. So Grace asked why he's overreacting, and she's like, "Hey, have you ever seen me naked?" And he's like, <laughs> yep. "Um." <laughs> so he tries to deny it, but he definitely did. I mean, yeah, he's stalking her like in wolf form all the time. They got yeah. senses, you know. Edward Cullen could never, by the way. He'd be like, "Oh no, she's in the camisole. Oh no, look away, look away." Grace signs all this amusing. The fact that he has seen her naked, I would too. It's freaking hilarious. Damn. I lost my place again. Yeah. <laughs> but Sam is absolutely mortified at it because oh, he's yeah. like, oh no, the girl I like knows that I've seen her naked, even though it's been completely, I mean, intentional, but unintentional. Not done in a weird way, which you're stalking a girl seeing yeah, her naked. He, it's a little weird. But he's a wolf. He doesn't really know. He's not like, yeah, but, he's not, yeah. he is not sexually no, no, attracted no. to her when he is a wolf. He yeah. is just fascinated. Does he, he actually is remember what she looks like though? Because he's always like I can't remember anything from my wolf memories so he's he like he has some <laughs> of the wolf memories I, yeah. I can't okay. go into too much detail um, but he has some of it so Sam thinks that Grace wants him to kiss her but he can't be sure if that's what she wants or even what he wants at this point they literally just met in human form been able to talk to each other so they go into the kitchen and Sam starts making Grace breakfast which is a super rare thing for her and super cute honestly super Get you cute a guy who's like we just met I'm gonna make you some breakfast and this is the beginning of so many times like throughout these these books they cookie like they cook like that is like a bond bonding thing Grace has had to take care of herself for like 17 years yeah and it just reminds me of me because I'm a cook like I I love to cook and so like she invites people over and they cook food together Mm -hmm. and that's how she bonds with them which I don't know if I could personally do that because I'm like get the f*** out of my way yeah I'm cooking you can I mean, be my sous chef that's kind of what happens so uh, she keeps on staring at him in fascination I want to say while working around the kitchen Sam finds himself around Grace in a way <laughs> that only works with books and movies what do you mean by that he he's pressed up against her like they're, they're like, like moving around and uh-huh. he's like uh-huh. she's like I guess like in front of like a cabinet or something and he comes up and like his hands on like either side of her blocks are in steamy steamy yeah it's like hot in the kitchen yeah like they're moving around in the kitchen and like they just all of a sudden have their bodies pressed against each other because they they're were both, both horny af yeah Very yeah awesome. uh sam gently kisses her and grace says is that all you got because she is the boldest teenager of all time she's like come on <laughs> come on come on dude i know you like me so he kisses her uh without holding back and just giving into all that passion that he's been suppressing for her for all these years mm-hmm. So, Reba said this happens way too quick. I think there's been, like, enough build-up. Yeah. And, like, it's like you finally had that interaction you've been craving mm-hmm. for so long. And, I mean, people, like, first date make out all the time. Like, that's not a rare thing. Mm-hmm. And for them, knowing that they already have this infatuation with each other, I don't know if it's love yet. Yeah. Like, they need to know each other more before they know that they love each other. But... 
like it's not surprising no i don't think so at all i think also they're horny af they're like, horny af they're teenagers and yeah. they're like in their late teens which is when it's definitely the worst mm-hmm. and so they're, they've got all this built-up tension i guess is the best way to say that and so i'm not like mad at it i'm not upset it's not like they're making out she's on the counter like yeah it's writhing not, against each other it's not like Actually, that's kind of what it is, yeah. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I didn't read it. I didn't I didn't read it that way. It wasn't way. even soft porn in my eyes. Like. <laughs> but Kaylin is an expert on <laughs> smut right now. So. I didn't know where that was going. You are our smut queen right now. Yeah, for now. I've been reading compared, fan fiction for years that had smut in it. <laughs> this moment in the Penelope Douglas books I've read in the kitchen. Yeah, it's nothing. Reba, explain yeah, to us what you think, why you think this is too soon. To me, it's because they haven't seen each other as human, face-to-face humans long mm-hmm. enough, in my yeah. opinion. For me, like, maybe it's all the smut that I've read. I don't know. <laughs> but like, kissing, making out, physical touch, isn't all always like romantic it's giving in to impulses it's like animalistic part of human nature yeah it is although i'm not the type of person to be that way with Mm -hmm. somebody i just met i will say like although i've had a lot of relationships that happened meeting online and then not a lot i should say that (laughs) like girl what you not a lot i was like what Um, (laughs) not a lot but you know i've had relationships where we met online and then like we talked for months without meeting each other and then when we met each other we had our first kiss and that's happened twice now and I felt like it was a good time because I knew them kind of but I mean like I'm also one of those people I'm not like I'm not a chaste person I guess is the best way I understand that that more though to me like she's been a human he's been a wolf they stare at each other across the way from each other and that's it that's it so you want more conversation you want them to know each other i want um, just a little bit more like not necessarily like they have to be it has to be like a long time yeah yeah. i just think there had to there needed to be more it likes a real slow burn girl me too me too well i mean like i understand it because then again this is both of their first kisses so i kind of understand it from your point of view this is their first kiss with anybody from what we know it does make sense but like as a person you're my first kiss went to somebody that did not deserve it and so like it wasn't so this isn't a big deal for me rereading it as a teenager as a like preteen it really didn't occur to me i could see where that would be bothersome if you think about their whole relationship timeline up to this point it's been the infatuation you know even though Mm -hmm. wolf for sam it's Mm -hmm. been we finally meet face to face there's not much words but it's like this moment life or death in a way they become each other's like comfort over this one night each other's safety well i think it also partially could be instinct comes into play Oh here. yeah, you got the infatuation that they finally meet. Oh, they're hot too. Like the safety. Sam shares just a tidbit of his story at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, they spend the night each other in like Grace's bed, where yeah, it's, it's comfort and everything. Which and, I like that you don't have a problem with that right now, but you have a problem <laughs> with them kissing. Physical touch. I don't have a problem with them kissing. I just think it's hella fast. Yeah. 
but and not also, them sleeping in the bed together. Also, like, That's because all, they're not like they're just there. They're not doing anything yeah, but sleeping. Yeah. There's all these parts falling into place. You know, they find each other really attractive. They feel comfortable with each other. Why not kiss? See where this goes. See how the physical interaction is between the two of them. If mm-hmm. there's that attraction I think still. it just gets me because it's literally one day. It's a day. Yeah. Not but even. Still, comparing it to Twilight. <laughs> oh, this is escalating real quick, y'all. Real yeah. quick. And then Shiver, I'm like, okay, like, y'all kind of known each other for six years. Like, yeah. In a way. We, they gazed into each other's eyes way too long for them not to have a first kiss. But then also, again. I could more so justify, we talked about this a little bit, the possibility of some sort of Dating situation. Yeah, that, yeah, see, that's, that's how I am. That's how I don't my, see it that way. But I, can I, I see, understand. It. I for this part, I feel like it's more that. Yeah, yeah. Since rereading it, I think more like okay, they're both technically. Which I don't know why we keep spoiling it for these poor people that are listening. But Grace was attacked by wolves, and she has a sixth sense, so you can kind of predict that there's something going. On. Yeah. Well, so they both have these kind of of wolf instincts yeah. so like they're not completely acting on human impulses but wolf-like impulses that, that's why i'm like okay yeah i can get why this happened so fast kind of thing yeah. but like just human interaction wise it, it's yeah it's weird yeah. but i don't really see these t- i mean i see them as like teenagers humans whatever can i see a little bit more at the same time they're teenagers this isn't that out of the norm for teenagers just to be like, okay, I'm gonna kiss you now because this is what teenagers do. For us, it was out of the norm for <laughs> us. Yeah, because we read <laughs> like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's because we read at all. We read like that's just it. It's My because- expectation was Sam Roth, and I never found that. Yeah. So I think Still at, searching. I think at one point Same. I tried to read poetry to my friends, not y'all, but like my other friends, and it was like I wouldn't have handled that well. Either. <laughs> Depends on the poetry for me. I've been like, okay, and? I can't even remember who it was. It was either like Robert Louis Stevenson or like Oscar Wilde at the. No, not Oscar Wilde, but like. I was like, Oscar Wilde wrote poetry? No, he didn't. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking William Blake. It was either William Blake or Robert Louis Stevenson. I don't know why I thought Victorian literature wouldn't. <laughs> rouse my friends into thinking about other let me just say it right here right now i am ted mosby in how i met your mother and i hate to say that about myself but i am are you i don't like ted i don't like ted either but in some cases like this one i will do we'll do some (laughs) how about your mother who are you (laughs) we'll do some above this feed quizzes later but i'm pretty sure i'm ted and i hate that about myself but i am actually eventually i kind of want to do uh who do we think we're most like uh as the characters in this book it's so easy for me oh yeah it is yeah for you Uh. it's easy for you it's not easy for us i feel like i'm more of a sam than any Back. Come on. I'm back. <laughs> I, although I will say I don't no, I don't think so. <laughs> Sam is has way more feelings than I do. Honestly. Sam has a lot of feelings. Sam has a lot of feelings. Probably a coal, and I hate that about myself, but at the same time I don't. Like there was parts in Forever where I was just laughing because I was like, Yep, that's me. Chapter seventeen is from Sam's point of view and it is sixty degrees Fahrenheit. Grace and Sam are at a used car lot sitting in the front seats of an old Bronco. Grace is thinking of buying. She 
asks Sam what makes them turn into wolves. Sam explains it's the drop in temperature. And the longer you are a wolf, the higher the temperature has to be to change human again. Until you can't change anymore. She then asks about what they ate and where the blood came from that night. The last night she saw him as a wolf. He told her it wasn't Jack. It was an animal he'd killed. Sam told her, which by the way, I guess I should say it was a cat, but I didn't feel like writing that because it killed a cat and that physically hurt me as a person because that might be worse than killing jack it definitely is for me i'm gonna say that right out now like i have a cat and i love that i love that cat so much like she went missing for a whole 24 hours my brother had accidentally had let her out and so i vividly remember my mom saying josh peyton loves that cat like you don't understand peyton is obsessed with that cat these are you yeah kaylin and reba both know because i send them pictures of Uh my cat constantly oh briar briar rose she's the sweetest little cat ever and i love her so much i would literally be devastated if this were me and i a wolf ate her this is why she's not allowed outside that and she's a terrible huntress and wouldn't be able to fend for herself no this is the part in the book that i i like this line a lot because she asked him what it like do they eat and he says baby bunnies and he says adult bunnies too i'm an equal opportunity bunny eater how do you react to that i think he did that just to like but how do you react to that me as a human being yeah you like this guy who's also a werewolf and he's joking about eating bunnies I'm like, you're a up individual. I understand because I mean, you're a wolf. He is, but like... I would rather you eat people, honestly. <laughs> Take all the bad people, Sam. Come on. What did a bunny do to you? I don't know. I'm the type of person, like, I favor animals way more than I favor humans. Kill them dead, honestly. But leave the animals. Like, I would... Forget about lethal injection. Set a pack of werewolves on them. Exactly. On. I love my cat. Like, I seriously... I sing songs to this cat. I love this cat. She is my world. Nobody loves me more than my cat. I have a boyfriend and he doesn't even love me as much as my my cat. He loves me a lot. Like the way he looks at me it's like I am his everything. It's not anything compared to how Briar Rose looks at you. Exactly! Because she relies on you. Exactly. She's like you're my mama and I love you. you have children. That's what it is is transference. Like I'm in childbearing years and mentally that's what it is she is my child yeah, and yeah. that's why this were to happen to briar rose it would devastate me yeah. as a person and so i could not physically deal with a wolf that ate my cat but we'll get to that later on with jack i have a question here for you guys okay. i want i want your opinion since we're, since we're talking about the change in temperature turning them into wolves and stuff so do we think that if this book took place in the current day and age like with the things happening now with like being able to deliver things here there working from home stuff like that if all of them could avoid turning into wolves during the winter if they just like stayed at home all the time yeah no because it's brought up in this book thank god i was like really concerned at one point because i was like she's gonna say something that i can't answer because it's in one of the <laughs> like, books i need to make a note on that but no, because in this book, they discuss going to Texas for a while. A few of them go to Texas for a while. And it's just like the breeze of the air conditioning turns them But if you stay in your own space where you control the temperature, mm-hmm. except, you know, the possibility of a power outage, which mm-hmm. is always possible. You control it. You control your environment. You can build yeah. a fire, whatever. You have Amazon delivery.
deliver things. You got your groceries delivered to you. You can work from home. Could you avoid from turning? After a while, I don't think so. You think it would be like instinct? Like, hey, you got to do this. Yeah. It's nature. Even in this first book, I don't think that's possible because they go to Texas and because they just feel like a slight breeze of the air conditioning from a store front, which we'll get to that when it comes up. um, A particular character stays human longer than I would suspect within the story considering everything. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes me wonder because he doesn't like turn until he is actually outside in the frigid air. Like, he manages to stay in human form for such a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wonder, like, if it is possible. I think you can prolong it, but I don't think it's a certain thing. Yeah. I think once your body is adjusted to that, any slight temperature difference will yeah. change you. Do you think, okay, you stay in your house all winter, say you keep it on, like, I don't know what a reasonable temperature is for inside of your house in the winter but like a reasonable temperature Mm -hmm. you step outside it's later springtime Mm -hmm. you know it's warm relatively but it's not as warm as the environment you've been in in your house so your body has adjusted to the warm air in your house yeah to the point where it does the slightly cooler compared to the temperature in your house air outside make wolfiness come Come to fruition yeah i think so i think the longer your your body's like okay we can be at a high degree and change it's the same thing with my kids like we are relatively hot most of the time in the summer so like we're used to that but once the sun is hitting you and you're hot Mm -hmm. you're even you're way more hot like my kids get outside and immediately start sweating because they're not used to the heat Mm -hmm. whereas i'm outside and i'm perfectly fine because i'm used to the heat um, like acclimate to your yeah to the weather you're normally used to whereas somebody from up north North were to come down south, they would be like, God, this is absolutely miserable. So, in conclusion, possibly you could prolong it, maybe, but that instinct would kick in eventually, like as soon as the opportunity came. Which is basically this book. Yeah. It's Sam prolonging prolonging. the inevitable. Um, One shiver at a time. One goosebump at a time. Mm -hmm. Sam told her that even though he wasn't there for it, Jack had attacked the pack, provoking them. Grace asked how he knows that and Sam explains that wolves can send pictures into the minds of the pack. And they had told him that he had shot one of them with a BB gun. That Jack had shot one of them with a BB gun gun just to clarify yeah (laughs) jack had shot one of them with a booby gun grace randomly points out that he never got to open christmas presents she tells him how she always loved christmas because she would always see him around that time she then asks if he ever thought of her when he was a wolf he couldn't admit that he didn't remember her name when he was a wolf but he always remembered her smell animals i'm sure names aren't really no. i'm not an animal i don't know but like scent yeah it's kind it's of like always scent based overbearing like sense. you're my person because you have this scent mm-hmm. which is what bra Makes rose sense. thinks of me she's like okay you're my mama because you have this yeah. scent yeah. not too long after this sam tells her about being sick after being bitten. It makes you sick for weeks afterward. The wolf toxin I guess. While it's changing you I couldn't stop shifting back and forth no matter how warm or cold it was. They 
thought I was possessed. Then it got warmer and I improved. Became stable, I mean. And they thought I was cured. Saved, I suppose. Until winter. For a while, they tried to get the church to do something about me. Finally, they decided to do something themselves. They're both serving life sentences now. They didn't realize that we're harder to kill than most people. Sammy Sam. This was such a hard paragraph to get through because it's so like so much at one time. Mm -hmm. Like, are his parents bad people? They did a horrible thing. Oh, yeah. Their intention being, you know, very like godly people, it seems. Mm -hmm. And seeing that something was wrong with their son and they had no solution. This is what they saw out. This was a decision they made. It was not the right decision, but Mm -hmm. they justified it with Mm -hmm. what they knew. Which is kind of strange because I will be honest. At this point, I imagine Sam is more Jewish of Jewish descent. Yeah. So him saying the church kind of threw me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I thought Roth and she described him with having a nose that no girl could pull off. Like, you know, just his general demeanor, it felt more of a Jewish person Mm -hmm. to me. Not that, I mean, I just felt that he had more Jewish qualities than like German qualities. Because I looked up the last name Roth, if we're being honest, and I was like, okay, that makes more sense to me than German. That sounds like a Maggie inquiry. Apparently his parents are of the Christian faith, which I don't know what kind of Christian faith, but very deranged version of the Christian faith. Yeah, I mean, like if you imagine your kid going through something like this and mm-hmm. you have turned to God for all your answers mm-hmm. and like you have no other solution, people of the church can't help, you are at wit's end with things. I would never do something like this. No. Never, ever, ever, ever. I can't picture most people that I know ever, you know, going to such lengths. It was a decision they made mm-hmm. and they suffered consequences. I wonder how they ended up going to prison. Like, who made that call? I'm not entirely sure. Did they end up calling paramedics or something, like 911? I'm sure it was something along the lines of somebody heard him screaming because that's how most of the stuff, like, most things like this get solved. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody is like, oh my gosh, I hear this child screaming bloody murder. Like, Which is good to do. Yeah, please. <laughs> if you hear something like this and you're like the bystander effect (laughs) it wasn't beck was it no it wasn't beck at this point i don't i want to say as somebody of of a similar faith than them this is not the way to go about it this is not i mean i believe in possession and stuff like that but i would never do something like this if they're physically turning that's obviously something you haven't read about yeah so i don't understand why you would think in that way i mean if you kind of believe like yeah I don't want to get into all that, but like, believe like the Bible is the word and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, all the answers are found within mm-hmm. pages, and there's no answer in particular to this. They relate it to something else, you know. And yeah. they may have talked to people at the church, you that know, led them astray. To yeah, that. that were like, oh, well, it sounds like this case to me brought up past things that were not similar. Well, I've known in like procession or something, like, people have like growled and. Pre- 
pretended mm-hmm. like yeah. like acted like animals, but they didn't physically turn into a wolf. Yeah. I mean, let's think about that. Your child physically turns into a wolf and you're like, he must be possessed by the devil. No. I mean, that was their reasoning. Like, I mean, I know you don't they, have that much to go and on. They don't believe necessarily that, that we know of in that kind of thing, like sort of supernatural thing. As far as I know, as a person that just kind of like reads about stuff like this a lot, I mean, people have been seeing wolves that they think are actually humans for like since the early 1600s, 1700s and France and other. I mean, all it took, this was during the time of the internet. All it took was a quick Google search to like figure out, okay, this may not just be... I don't think they were willing to do that. I think they were going to use the tools that they they had already available to them, Mm -hmm. which is sad. And I mean, like, it's not even correctly used properly. Um, That being said, werewolves are harder to kill than people. And I mean, fast healing abilities. It's such a sad existence. And he's so nonchalant about the way he describes it. And I try to be as dramatic as humanly possible when talking about it. He's so, I mean, not nonchalant. I don't see him being nonchalant nonchalant about it but he's like yeah this is kind of what happened to me it's a little bit embarrassing <laughs> yeah I wonder how many times he's told this story yeah to people this is just like hi I'm Sam my parents thought I was possessed mm-hmm. they did this I was only seven it's cool we're fine we're fine I can't look at a bathtub but yeah. I mean like what's the I'm problem absolutely traumatized it's cool and I mean let's think about it how deep do those cuts have to be in order for there to be scars 11 years later well, I, I I really don't want to think about it now. 11 years ago, and I don't have the scars to say it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Those had to be really deep cuts. And it, I mean, it's so sad to say, but that's the truth of it is these were actual wounds that people physically see upon meeting and him. And then think such negative things about what he thought of himself and what he might have done to himself, like the nurse. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's immediate. Like, like I said, that's a common thing in high school school which I hate that it is but I mean it's a thing maybe it was a case of like people saw these scars people in his pack whenever mm-hmm. they were all human people saw these scars made these assumptions and he felt the need to justify like I didn't do this to myself and then he told his story so he got to the point where it was very nonchalant don't worry I didn't do it My yeah did it. you can't look at this and not think trauma but who would he tell all of this to because he only after like he rescued was with them the other people yeah. who turned into wolves the whole time so like but I mean like there was a few like new people coming in new yeah he mentions a few people but it's not like a whole bunch where he talks about them new coming in mm-hmm. and then like how they work out and stuff it's not I don't think we hear the full story of yeah. all that and also just like Grace I think their processing is just very nonchalant like it's not a big deal I'm not gonna make it a big deal because if I make it a big deal you're gonna make it a big deal yeah I totally get that because I'm one of those people. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it too hard because I'm going to like... Oh, I'm not. I'm going to gloss <laughs> over my trauma and then you're just going to have to be like, okay. I'm like, I'll either ignore it or give you an absolute ear hole. Like my thing is I'm going to make a joke about it and then you're just going to laugh at it and we're going to move on. Sam asked her about what happened after she was bitten. Grace told him it felt like she had the flu, which he remembered happening to him. She then told, her, told of her dad leaving her in the car on the hottest day in May ever to happen in Mercy Falls. 
She should have died, but then she didn't. Why didn't she? That is the question. We're going to freaking parents. So we've discussed this. I tried so hard not to talk about this before when I was talking about how the parents were in the first episode. Not only. Epitome. (laughs) Not only did their child almost die being attacked by wolves being attacked by wolves being not like not that much later this incident happens and they're just like "Uh, okay i'm still gonna ignore this bitch but whatever i mean this is just my child consider your child's trauma i work with children so i consider like if i know about that kid's trauma or things Mm -hmm. that they have been through i have some kids who like don't even know about it or know the extent of it but i know about it i'm like how do they deal with this like what can I do to help them out? Don't, exactly. Like I've been in those situations where they have seen things or mm-hmm. things have happened to really close family members. Maybe they've witnessed. And I'm like, how do they deal with things? Or they've been put in situations they should not be put in. I'm concerned about them. and They're not my children. Yeah. I mean, like, I am not a parent. I am not ready to be a parent at any way, form or fashion. But at the same time, I work with kids. And even before then, I had a lot of maternal instinct Mm -hmm. like it's just there with me I've always been a maternal person it's always been you know that's what I wanted to be before anything I wanted to be a mom the thought of having a kid and then not giving a about anything that happens to this child it's ridiculous I'm not even going to talk about the fact how do you forget a child in a car people do it all the time. But I still don't get it. I, I work with kids. I have 50 kids I know mm-hmm. on a daily basis and I could not for the life of me understand leaving any one of them mm-hmm. in a dangerous situation. Leaving one of them where they're left unattended in a car on a hot day it's one thing like i know as a kid and i feel like when we were kids yeah someone years ago you go to walmart with your parents whatever Mm -hmm. they'd be like you know stay in the car yeah Yeah. they're like okay i'll leave the keys you can turn on the air conditioning like but at that point you're not like young you're not left in there locked in there you can fend for yourself they are knowledgeable of what's happening but i mean at this point she even said she was sick yeah she was really sick the hottest day she had the flu she was getting over that and the she was so flu. sick and her dad just <laughs> left her in a car about, this is right after this kid has been attacked by freaking wolves i would be like what if the wolves come and get her at any point <laughs> it's so irrational like i know people i know people that have had children and then have their child has nearly died this is not the reaction this is mm. not the normal reaction i know parents that are super like just upset for no f- reason. I'm trying to think of like a just, not a justification necessarily, but like a reason why her parents would react this way after, you know, the wolf incident. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to think on it. Like, not any justification for them, but like, why possibly their brains might go in this direction. Are they just willing to let her die at this point? They're like, she's a liability. Like, it's fine. I mean, like, she's willing to die on her own. I'm sorry. This is, uh, I can't even it's justify ridiculous. I can't justify it. She's been attacked by wolves Mm -hmm. she's almost died left in a hot car would they not feel so guilty as parents and want to like amend this for like the rest of her life you know as good parents 
They should. They should. But they don't. I love One Tree Hill. And one of the later seasons, I think it's like the last season, Julian leaves one of the kids in the car and he feels terrible about it. And then his wife, Brooke, mm-hmm. like, will not talk to him about it. Like, yeah. And it almost leaves to like a divorce practically. Because that's what happens yeah. when a kid is in a dangerous situation. You feel situation. so guilty about it. That is psychologically, that's a normal response. Yeah. This right here what grace's parents do is not a normal response at all they don't care it's, they had a kid to have a kid they had a kid to have a kid there is no parental instinct mm-hmm. between either one of them in most cases people have one parent that's kind of like eh. but i mean she's got both parents that just don't give mm-hmm. a how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going to get through that. And I love that Grace is the character she mm-hmm. is because she shows, man, I'm hurting because my parents yeah. don't even want to be around and me. it's not noticeable to outsiders necessarily um, because it's not abuse. It's not no. neglect except for like emotional neglect. And yeah. in this case, like he did neglect her by leaving her in the car. But I mean, um, as she's a teenager, you don't realize yeah. that. Yeah. And she's so used to it that she's like, okay, this is just a part of who they are. Like, she justifies it, like you said, I think in the last episode, maybe earlier in this episode. But she justifies it as like, that's just who they are. That's how it is. Yeah. And it's really sad. I deal with this a lot in my work and I just, it hurts my soul. Mm -hmm. I will never get this point of view. I will never, ever, ever understand. Okay. There's this child that's just them because I'm doing my own thing. Kids don't have anyone re- to rely on except other than you. Other than you. I am one of we those said people. said they would give Renee a run for her money. And they really do. Like, Bella was very fortunate. <laughs> I can't stand a bad parent. I really can't. Like, don't have kids if you don't, if you don't want if you don't want kids, don't have kids. If you if you feel like there is Use any protection. Think about your options. But I mean, and I'll leave it at that. Grace is one of those kids and I feel so sorry for her. I mean, Sam <laughs> too but for some odd reason grace <laughs> hits you harder i don't understand why that well, is sam's parents are locked up like he got rid of them a while ago <laughs> he was like he's moved on i don't know if it's in this book or in later books where he's like yeah my parents were great all of until they thought i was possessed and i, I was think con- it's in this one i think it may go on in a linger but he's like oh yeah they were nice parents they were great like yeah, they loved yeah. me i had a welcoming home and then they thought i was possessed by the devil and they tried to kill me but up till that point it was great happened sam i'm sorry even him he's like man grace has it really bad and i'm like your parents tried to murder you chapter 18 which is from grace's point of view and it's 38 degrees and also this chapter is one page so i'm going to be reading it in its entirety that night sam stayed in my bed again chastely perched on the furthest edge of the mattress but somehow during the night our bodies migrated together scandalous i half woke early in the morning long before dawn the room washed clean by pale moonlight and found that I was pressed up against Sam's back. My hands balled up to my chest like a mummy. I could just barely see the dark curve of his shoulder and something about the shape of it made the gesture it suggested filled me with a sort of fierce, awful affection. His body was warm and he smelled so good, like wolf and trees and home, that I buried my face in his shoulder and closed my eyes again. He made a soft noise and rolled his shoulders back against me, pressing closer. Right before I drifted back to sleep again, my breathing slowing to match his, I had a brief burning thought. 
I can't live without this. There had to be a cure. That chapter's so spicy. It is. <laughs> also, it's the first mention of the cure, as mm-hmm. far as I know. Yeah, it Not is. Not the band. They mentioned that at no, one point. No, I'm surprised <laughs> yes, it doesn't yes. have a capital C for cure. <laughs> a cure, not the cure yet. So she's like, there has to be a way to fix this. I need this in my life. Yeah. At this point, she's already met him. She's mm-hmm. already known him. Even though Reba... Yeah, Reba thinks it's been a little bit too soon. But, I mean, they keist and it's just there. Like, I mean, they're in love now because they're teenagers. Went yeah. from zero to... <laughs> I don't know if they're in love at this point. No. They are falling. I use my bachelor phrasing. They are falling in, in love. love. Okay, I'm sorry. When you get in these kind of a whirlwind, like you just kind of, you don't know what stage you're at until it's all said and done mm-hmm. with and you're kind of like, oh yeah, this was the point where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm falling in love. Chapter 19 is from Grace's point of view once again. It is 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yep. a huge jump in temperature. Ooh, my goodness, the weather. So Grace didn't feel like going to school with the weather being so warm. But Sam drove her in her new Bronco. So they say their goodbyes. They're super cute, super sweet. Which, by the way, I have to say Bronco in every one of these. Yeah. Because it mentions it all the time. Maggie Stiefvater is a huge car person. Like she wrote articles. Stephanie. Maggie's even worse than she is. Like she's mm-hmm. wrote articles for like car. That, that's something, car all right. It is. But at the same time, my brother's friend had a Bronco when they were teenagers and. It was literally all they talked about. Like, man, you're in a Bronco. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was. And it was an old beat up Bronco. It wasn't, any, which I mean, that's all they are. But it was a talk. So they say their goodbyes. And then Rachel, you know, BFF Rachel, Grace's friend, shows up and kind of pulls herself into the Bronco just casually. Love her for that. Yeah. She's like, hey, friend. Um, and she's like, who's the boy? And that's how he's referred to for the rest of the book for her or for the rest of the series he is never referred to by her name by his name Mm -hmm. but she doesn't inquire too much about it because she's like hey grace there was a wolf in the school parking lot while you weren't here Mm -hmm. yesterday and i know you like wolves so this is Mm -hmm. you missed it grace is like wait what did it look like and sam is like (gasps) rachel describes it and it sounds like jack so they're like okay yeah jack is around Mm -hmm. he's up to no good if he's showing up at school and his wolf form surely he's not there for the learning this is what starts off chapter 20 which is sam's point of view and it is 39 degrees by this point that's a major drop sam freaks out about jack as a wolf showing up at school he thinks about a time where one of the pack went rogue and killed two people that could then killed the she-wolf so it's kind of like a flashback it's a flashback of this time where there was a she-wolf and she was like it ain't that big a deal i just killed two people and Beck's like no that's disgusting and you're yeah. a terrible person and she's like but I was a wolf quote is angry people didn't make good werewolves you would think they do because they could get out the aggression but, but nay nay I say no because nay, they nay. Ki- because they wound up killing people I ain't shocked by it and I mean like it kind of alludes to Shelby as a she wolf yeah for some odd reason Maggie was like no women wolves are like bad at this point in the novel because we've got this woman and then Shelby and mm-hmm. they're neither one of 
of them are like yeah. up to par. Uh, Sam looked for Beck, but not very hard out of fear he hadn't changed back. Because Sam hasn't been a wolf for a year or so at this point. He didn't have a summer. What? No, back up. Sam hadn't been a wolf? Yeah, Sam. I'm sorry. Sam hadn't been human for a very long time. He hadn't been a human since like the year before last. Like I'm guessing the summer when he saw Grace, that was the last time he was ever so, human. So I don't know if we talked about before. Okay, obviously the wolves change with the temperature and as their years go on, their time as a human gets shorter. Yeah, we just had one little sentence about it that I mentioned, like that I had in my notes, but the human part of them stops happening at yes. some point. They stop changing back and forth and they just become all human for about 10 or 15 years. And they never really know except when it starts getting shorter and then eventually they're like, okay, I think this is the last one. Yeah, I don't think Sam really realized that was his last year. Mm-hmm. He turned back human during the fall, if I'm remembering correctly. It had already been summer. As in when this is happening yeah. in the story? Yes, yeah, it's it is fall the time. Fall. It's the fall. He had not turned back during the summer, so that means that was his last year. And he just so Presumably, yes. So he just so happened to have an extra time because he got shot and mm-hmm. the adrenaline was going through him yeah. and he was like, okay. So he looked for Beck, but not very hard because he feared it was his last year. Beck and him were about the same time of it not being the next year for them. Mm-hmm. So, Which is interesting because Beck has been a wolf longer. Yes. Which they're not Ten sure. years longer? Yeah. Which they're not sure why. I know. I, only I know. He worried about Jack biting someone because he didn't think he was strong enough to put him down. Beck in the earlier scene had killed the she-wolf that had killed two people. Mm-hmm. So he, so because Beck wasn't there to do it for him, he was like, Jack is on the loose mm-hmm. and he is wild. What if he bought somebody? Do I have the strength enough to kill him? My answer is no. No. <laughs> Sam, 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 have you seen yourself? <laughs> Sam is too much of a sweetheart and he knows it and he's yeah. like, I'm not... Alpha. He's good at telling people what to do, but he's not at the same time. Like he's doing things. That's Isabel's biggest complaint with Sam is that Sam is not a doer. I can see that. Isabel and him. More of the doer. Yeah. Their relationship. She bitches so much in the later books because she's like, okay, Sam, why can't you get your together and actually do what you're supposed to do and sam's just like lyrics <laughs> like, i just want to write a song <laughs> about my girlfriend best description of sam so far <laughs> i mean like it's not wrong being the person i am with the type eight which is the challenger i kind of get it and i'm like okay sam you need to step up your game but at the same time i totally get it because i deal with type sixes on a regular basis. All my friends are type whoa, sixes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. At I didn't mean next time. I didn't mean to attack you like that. I mean, it's you. It's Reba. It's my boyfriend. I mean, it just kind of... It's You just love us. Yeah. I mean, like, I've just accepted I am the person that's going to put it out there and do it. We need someone to do it. <laughs> I'll shoot you down if I don't agree, but I'm not going to come up with the idea. Exactly. That's how I feel. Decide on the idea. So, chapter 21 is from Sam's perspective. It is 
57 degrees Fahrenheit now. So, it's a new day. It is. New dawn, new destiny. While getting up for the morning, Sam finds pictures of his pack, but he doesn't really recognize um, himself within the pack. He can kind of point out the other members because obviously he sees them other than himself. So, uh, Grace ends up asking about the different members and he tells stories and talks about who they are and their different personalities. Which really is just Beck and Ulrich. That he talks about. He may glance over Shelby. Like Grace realizes that Shelby is the white she-wolf that she has growled at before. (laughs) That's Shelby. So Sam talks about learning how to hunt. And then he asked, hey, where's a picture of me? So Grace gets super excited because she's like, oh my gosh, my wolf wants to see my wolf. Good to meet each other. It's like when your boyfriend meets your boyfriend, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No? (laughs) Well, sorry, I've been reading a lot of reverse harems lately. (laughs) As a person that has, has a boyfriend actively and is like okay Henry Cavill is beautiful this is who you should yeah. know it's like here's my celebrity crush the guy yeah. I've been stalking for years it's <laughs> like that but not because it's like a wolf it's, it's you <laughs> it's you but you don't remember you so yeah. yeah so she got super excited and gushed about him as a wolf uh, Sam worried that maybe this was another wolf he did yeah, yeah because he doesn't know he what doesn't he know it's like. Sam. who's this he asked to see himself though why is he so worried about it because he's worried because he doesn't actually recognize himself because he yeah and so he's like maybe this was somebody else because it's it's like his insecurities coming through exactly it's a sam answer like you and i may not see it that way if we were to be in that situation but because sam is so self-deprecating me and i'd be petting the photo (laughs) (laughs) i am beautiful but like sam is like i love her so much and she is my everything but she probably doesn't see me that way this might be somebody else and i'm not thinking of it and shit i'm not you know this might not be me and she may be obsessed with some other wolf and crap what am i gonna do like self-deprecating trauma like he is not one of those people that takes it out on others like i've said but he is definitely somebody that's like i'm not worthy of this love i'm not worthy of this praise he does it in this way it's not whiny it doesn't come off as whiny but it's like this isn't me my world is obsessed with somebody else maybe she's seeing this other wolf and just for some reason i ended up on her doorstep and she thought hey he's a werewolf because she took the next best think he thinks exactly because he doesn't realize she smelled him yeah he doesn't realize that she has these wolf-like senses not necessarily you don't even a wolf like a sneaking suspicion at this point no i don't think so because they barely had time he though because he's barely had time to be around her and it's also sam you gotta he's like witnessed her whole attack when she was a kid he's like wow that was a close call he was but he says he's been waiting for her to turn into a wolf. Yeah, I guess so. I guess if it has never happened, he's like, okay, in the clear. Like, but like, he doesn't think she's got any wolf senses. She's never vocalized, hey, I knew you were my wolf because I smelled you. <laughs> Reva is fervently disagreeing. All right, I, I don't agree with that because when she, going back to your rant about bad parenting, when she talks about the whole scenario of her being locked in the vehicle and her like, oh yeah, all that happened 
happening and yeah, like you think he'd be a little bit suspicious. yeah i think he was suspicious when she after Sam she talked about that yeah i know that but i'm saying like he doesn't realize that she smelled him that's what i'm saying that specific that detail. specific thing but do you think there's any suspicion that hey maybe she's got something yes going because on. he's fervently but, says okay i've been waiting for you to turn yeah i've been waiting for you to become a wolf but not at this point it's not even that it's just he thinks she's okay she didn't turn so she's acting like a normal human when she turns it'll be that way mm-hmm. but like because he was seven years old when he turned he yeah. doesn't think okay she has these wolf-like senses so maybe she's got a different way of seeing it than I would see it from a human perspective. Mm-hmm. I never said that he doesn't suspect her of having these abilities. He doesn't know what senses she's had with him. Grace, without knowing about any of Sam's concerns, because he doesn't really voice like, oh, what if it's not me? She says one specific thing to comfort him, and that was, you still smell like you do when you're a wolf. Yeah, she finally voices that. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God thank god it's me it's me he doesn't fully know what her abilities are Mm -hmm. as this thing yeah because she's not fully wolf she's been attacked by werewolves but she's not fully she's never turned into a wolf he's really taking things one step at a time yeah which is a good way to be i think as a reader especially if you read this book three times like me and can't remember you're asking so many questions which i knew internally some things but i'm asking so many questions like at once Mm -hmm. and with you know him processing he's not going all the different paths mentally that i am no he's not taking it like okay this happens so there's three different outcomes he's just like okay first off are you a type six sam because i am and that's what my brain does i think so i think if we work on that then i think if he were to be anything he would be one of those he's a feeler he is definitely one of those creative introverted definitely introverted because i just don't see him being a talker but like he feels things so deeply he's definitely an empath yeah he just is not one of those people that's like okay this happened so there's three different options on what could happen next no he's like okay this happens so this means this is what it is right now all right chapter 22 which is from sam's point of view and it is 62 degrees Fahrenheit. So after dropping Grace off at school, Sam drove around the parking lot trying to figure out where Jack could have gone after being at the school. Sam decides to go check Beck's house, uh, not knowing where else to look. He was scared that Beck hadn't changed back this year because he had been changing for many years longer than Sam had, and he was nearly certain he didn't have a summer this year. Um, after seeing the house was empty and dark, he decided it would be best to look at Jack's house to see if he had been back there uh, since he had changed. He entered into the Culpepper house only to be greeted with the menagerie of taxidermied kills from Jack's father. And with no Jack in sight, Sam quickly left the house. Can you imagine as like animal being walking <laughs> into that? No, I can't imagine doing that as a human being. <laughs> and I'm scary either way. We live in the South where hunting is a normal thing. My dad and my grandfather are very, they used to be like competition bass fishermen. There is taxidermied fish on the walls in my grandfather's house. There's taxidermied deer in my families not yeah, my house pretty common here deer is pretty common here but like i couldn't imagine walking into a room of just 
taxidermied animals just no, thank everywhere. You. Not like That's... they're the rich, weird people. So I can't imagine. I wonder how many like different animals is there. Like, is it a lion, an elephant, uh, a moose? Lions there's definitely tigers and bears. Oh my! Oh uh, yeah. Like, there's no telling how many different animals are there because it's not really in detail, but it's terrifying to imagine. And I don't understand the people that taxidermy things on a regular basis. So I can't imagine like going into a room where it's just animal dead animals that just have their skin. Watch that episode of Haven, man, wild. All I can think of is like you've talked about Haven since we were children. Trial and error is the only thing that comes to mind, like with taxidermy or Criminal Minds. This is terrifying. And there's wolves, and you know there's wolves. Like I watch Mountain Man. Tom is my man. Like he reminds me of my grandfather in the most sincere way. Like I love that man just because he reflects my grandfather but he has like taxidermy like he has wolf pelts and stuff like that so that's not too bad for me because I know that this man has went out and hunted them yeah and not he hasn't caught many I couldn't imagine coming in a room with animals everywhere and, like knowing what we kind of know at this point about the cold peppers weird it's so weird. definitely a dangerous 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 thing run the yeah the dad is like obviously i feel like if you have a room full of taxidermied animals you are psycho so this chapter is by grace and it is 52 degrees fahrenheit grace is greeted in the kitchen by her dad she tries to talk to him but he ignores her to watch tv i mean like she literally is like sex 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 and he's like what wait what did you say about like she sex? is talking about sex just to get his attention yeah like she is trying so hard and he barely notices after she finally gets his attention she realizes that her dad was a part of the hunting party that shot at the wolves which horrifies grace that her father would betray her even knowing how she felt about the wolves yeah and even the thought is coming to her like sam got shot did my dad shoot sam maybe this was his way of sort of amending that guilt dealing with the wolves attacking her yeah also he knows he should know that she's into the wolves but does he exactly or is he like they attacked you when you were a kid and I mean, it's f- crazy that Isabel's dad, Isabel and Jack's dad, Tom Culpepper knows that Grace loves the wolves, but yet the dad is like, may not know that. Yeah, I sort of see maybe how that would play out. Like, uh, Culpepper is obsessed with like taking down these wolves and everything. You know, he's trying to, after his son's supposed death after a, an attack by wolves trying to get back maybe grace's dad is like oh maybe i should do this too yeah. but i mean it just doesn't make sense for no. i could never imagine loving something so much and my father just completely trying to kill what i love you know Which parents do that all the time with like their kids dreams and aspirations mm-hmm. like, like my they dad. think they know it's better okay so let's take this point as when i was this age when i was reading this book at 11 12 13 years old i was emo i was an emo kid as much as i could be being poor and not being able to go to hot topic every weekend actively shown signs of my dad voiced concerns about it but he didn't ban me from listening to fallout boy or hawthorne heights or anything like that he wouldn't go out and actively shoot them either but (laughs) 
<laughs> might be that's a whole different story might be the, the pacifist no? <laughs> yeah my dad's a pacifist but he's never even once talked about despising this in the pulpit like you know like my emo phase he never talked about that at all and I could not imagine something like this happening I mean that would it be happens. the same thing as my dad being like my dad doesn't even like my cat he does not but like my cat do anything to it no do you know what he that's does one. do you know what he does he feeds her in the morning yeah he feeds her yep. i mean like this oh uh, he loves i think that there are a lot of dads like that though because my dad was always like i don't like having a dog in her house and my dad played the most with her that's i mean that's like how it goes yeah that's how it goes i mean like my dad that's feeds, what dads do he's like i hate having animals in the house and yet he feeds every animal in the house yeah. because my dad knows that i love my cat so much he is going to feed my animal he's going to protect my animal he's going to take care of my animal lewis brisbane is father that's all i gotta say on it father yeah chapter 24 is from grace's perspective it is 52 degrees fahrenheit grace sat around doing english homework and sam read a book grace told him she felt like she was wasting their time together but sam said he was happy to be there with her honestly same i can just say She's like i'm doing stupid homework like we're not even talking to each other so i feel this a lot in my first relationship he didn't really do anything and i had school and stuff and i was like i'm so sorry I got schoolwork and he was like no that's fine you need to focus on your school my boyfriend now we're both busy so we don't have time for each other a lot I like this because it's realistic to me it it is it is so Sam decided it would be better to go somewhere else and asked if she would like to go and check out Beck's house Grace was like sure so when they got to Beck's house Grace being the smart cookie she is locks the keys in the Bronco it's a new car I understand yeah they decide to go into the woods to look for Jack because I guess they're now looking for Jack. So when they get a little further into the woods, Grace is stunned to realize how familiar the woods looked. Like she has seen them before. Yeah, can I just say before you get to all this, this was my favorite part in the book when I was a kid. Sam tells her that when he was a wolf, he projected the picture of these woods in case she ever turned into a wolf. So presumably she sees that picture of the woods that she has never physically been in before because of the picture he sent mentally to her. Yeah. It confirms to Sam that she has those wolf abilities. Like, she may not fully turn into a wolf, but she's got extra senses. Whereas the smell didn't. I mean, it kind of hinted to him, but like, she's got those wolf things, but she's not fully. Because she could not have seen that image unless she had the wolf toxin what I'll call it. And then super romantic, cute conversation. Sam says, after you were bitten, I knew that would happen. I waited for you to change every night so I could bring you back and keep you from getting hurt. Grace asked, how long did you wait? Would have been unbearably romantic if he had the courage to look into my face and say it. But instead, he dropped his eyes to the ground and scuffed his boots and leaves. I haven't stopped. Oh my gosh. He's still waiting on her. I know. Real quick, there was a line that I liked that Sam, I believe, says. And he says, one happy day for every falling leaf you catch. I was like, that's so cute. And it reminded me of, I think it was like Doctor Who. There's like <laughs> this leaf floating in the air. And like, I think it's Amy, either Amy or Clara's past. And then like comes back later on. But the 
like what I pictured. I don't know. It was a good like imagery. So shortly after, Grace realized that Sam had no intention of looking for Jack and just wanted to show her this place. They flirt for a little bit as you do in your early relationship, I guess. Until Sam realizes, damn, it's gotten cold. And they both start to panic mm-hmm. because what are they going to do? They, they are in the middle of the, of the what's... But they don't actually show how panicked they are. Yeah. Like they don't like, actively... Oh, it's gotten cold. Like they look at each other and it's kind of like, oh, shit. But they don't actually verbalize it or they don't tell each other. Yeah. They're, They're just really like, good at the like mental communication. Yeah. For a few reasons, but. <laughs> that leads into chapter 25, which is Reba. So chapter 25 is from Sam's point of view and it is 37 degrees out. So they're briskly walking back to Beck's house with Grace's hand being uh, Sam's only lifeline. He thinks back to, of course, the painful memories of himself changing and states that Grace cannot see him change. Um, when getting inside the house, Sam is on the verge of changing. And the only thing that Grace could think to do is to have like hot water running in the shower in the bathtub. And of course, Sam is absolutely terrified of this because, you know, of what happened in the past and he like tries to be like no I can't do this and she essentially forces him into the tub which he he smacks his head against the wall when she does this and then when he finally got warm enough um, she let him out of the bathroom after that reminder that Sam has trauma with bathtubs like it's a huge trigger for him because that's what his parents put him in Uh as a seven year old child that didn't know what was going on they put him in a bathtub and they slit his wrist. I don't remember and spe- tried to kill him. Specific- I don't remember specifically what Grace is thinking. This is from Sam's perspective, so we don't really see that. She just does this because she's like, this is the only solution at this time. And her mission from like here on out is to keep Sam Sam. Putting that out there, that is her mission to keep Sam Sam because that's what he wants. That's what she wants. Yeah. They are mutually agreeing upon that. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, the only solution right now, bathtub, hot water. I'm going to yeah. do that. And she doesn't register, I guess, the trauma it might cause until right after this event. So think of that trauma being built up. And so, like, he can't look at bathtub. He can't even look at a bathtub. Yeah. And when you're in a trauma-based state, which I'm not a psychologist, I don't have that much trauma to work with as a person. When you go to that place, you revert back to that that instant that you had that. Here, he's almost childlike, where he's like, don't do this to me. Yeah, I mean, like, he is pleading, he is crying, Mm -hmm. he is begging, he is... He's seven years old again. He is seven years old again, going right back to this. He's seeing that bathtub. He is feeling that water hit him, which some people are like, it's a bathtub, you know, whatever. Trauma is so deeply invested in you and it's such an everyday object like I love bathtubs I love I would sit in a bathtub you know 10 hours out of the day if I could Mm -hmm. but when you deal with something like this it's like you can't just it's not easy for you at all um, well any person but especially a kid who has been a car accident even a minor you know fender bender Mm -hmm. they may have trauma just being in a car which is an everyday thing for Mm -hmm. most kids like 
in this country. Like, yeah, they I may mean, have everyday trauma and you just have to understand and like find ways for them to cope with that. But Sam hasn't had these ways to cope. No. And he's been able to avoid the whole somehow. his whole life. He's had a shower available to him yeah. where he hasn't had to look at a bathtub. Whereas I remember being seven years old and having a fender bender in my grandparents car. Like that is a vivid memory yeah. that I have. Like it was barely a tap on the back of their truck. And I specifically to this day remember 90% of what happened that yeah. night because of that situation mm-hmm. and having the cops there and being on the road in a place I didn't know. I couldn't imagine going through something like this at this age. And this is a, it's a crucial age. It really is. Yeah. I work with kids. You work with kids. You know, they're just getting out of that I'm a baby stage where I've been coddled my whole life and I'm starting to realize myself yeah. as a person. It's a crucial age. It really is for development. Be- your parents are giving you more independence. You are not. If you are learning how to really read at this age, yeah, you're going to remember other things too. <laughs> exactly. Like I can't remember exactly what the psychological term is for it, but like you are developing your morals at this point. Yeah. You are developing so much and I could not for the life of me imagine having something so big happen at this point in your life. Poor Sam. Poor, poor Sam. And I mean... And poor Grace, like, trying to do what's what right. she thinks is best yeah. to this guy. She, she she knows, but she barely knows. Yeah. And then making him suffer through this trauma, not really knowledgeable. Which he told extent. her but before. She, yeah, she doesn't know the extent of it. And yeah. like, in the moment, this was her solution. She was... And you gotta think, Grace is a very analytical brain. Yeah. She is not a She's feelings... She's like, hot water. That's the solution. She's not a feelings person. Yeah. And so I think if you're an empath like Sam is, you're going to be more like, oh, my God, that's not the right kind of thing to do to them because it's not okay. It's going to hurt them. Whereas Grace is like, okay, I have to keep them human. This is what I have to do to Mm -hmm. keep them this way. That's the only solution that's going to actually work. And my guess as someone who doesn't remember the books that I've read or have read the rest of the series is that that plays a part later on. And you don't have to make any motion to green or disagree with that. Blank face. So chapter 26. Uh, it's from Grace's point of view and it is 35 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Grace is trying to pull herself together after witnessing the terror and make something warm for Sam to eat. Sam was sitting in the living room waiting for his clothes to dry because at this point they're completely soaked because she just threw him all in the bathtub. Like she didn't. What you do? Like, I mean, I think of of, like drug addicts yeah yeah you just you do what you can which i've never been in this situation mm-hmm. but i've seen it like you're ODing. you just throw them in what you can and hope for the best you close and all so she brought him his food which i think is like soup and some bread or whatever and apologized for throwing him in the tub because she knows i mean like she knows it's trauma based obviously at this point but like she knew before it's registered at this point that that's the connection of it all. Yeah. And how serious. And Sam told her that it was really the only option and it wasn't her fault. Like, he knows. Yeah. The reassurance, like, hey, like, yeah, it sucked, but you did what you had to do. And, and I appreciate you trying. That's another thing. Like I said, Sam is a total traumatic mess. Like, he is trauma all the way through. Like, he is so self-aware that he's like, it's not her fault. She was trying to actually keep me human. And if I had 
had any logic about me, that's what I would do in the situation. Uh, Sam goes to retrieve his clothes from the dryer. Grace looks around finding pictures of the pack when they are human. Grace takes a particular interest in the girl who is staring at Sam in the picture. Guess who? She asks him about it and he tells her that it's Shelby, the white she-wolf who had had threatened Grace before. It wasn't even a hint. It was the whole fact. (laughs) Sam tells her that Shelby has had a rough childhood before being turned into a wolf. She fully embraced the new life she was given and she wanted to be mates with Sam because the older members were setting Sam up to be the pack leader eventually. The human pack leader or the wolf pack leader? Both. Okay. Like you remember like when Grace was being attacked it wasn't until Sam vocalized in wolf form Uh that they stopped. He like which as a 10 year old human is a lot in the way they are as a wolf pack. That means he's pretty high up on the chain because he's like hey you stop and you are stopping. I don't think Sam even remembers Paul that much as a human. Paul is the pack leader as a wolf and Beck is the pack leader as a human. And then Beck is a little bit behind Paul in the pack when they're wolves. And then it's Sam. There's a hierarchy to it. I don't know if that's accurate to wolves because I'm not really sure. I don't know that much about wolves. Because Shelby knew how they were setting Sam up. She was like, okay, this is going to be my mate because I want to be the alpha female. Which dream big, girl. Yeah, I mean if that's... he don't want you. Yeah. Be mutual. Which is why she like growled at Grace because she was my like, am. My okay, wolf. obviously uh, she is encroaching on my territory as alpha female and I got, need to stop this shit right now. But Sam pulls away from Grace telling her he needs to be a gentleman and Grace, Grace protests like they were up close together. So he gives in and they kiss again. I love that. Edward mm-hmm. and Bella would never. Never. How long did it take him that Grace to kiss? Grace is like, don't be shy. Yeah. Come don't be shy. Just like kiss me. Months. Yeah, it takes a whole months. It takes like. Well, he them. also went to kill her. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a different situation. And then but he had then. this weird hatred towards her. We're not talking about Twilight anymore. We're just saying Edward would never, and that's the end of the discussion. Uh, she then randomly states that someone must have been in the house recently because there was milk in the fridge, and that was only three weeks past its expiration date. So you're like, ooh, who? There's somebody been in there a month before. Um, Sam tells her she probably needs to go home, but Grace refuses to leave without him. Sam just feels like it's not the best timing right now. And I had to say it that way. Like It's not the best timing, Grace. <laughs> you know, it's getting a little colder outside. I mean, like, it may not be the best timing between us. You know, you're human. I'm probably going to shift back into a wolf here but in a few minutes. is it better to have love and lost than have never loved at all? I mean, that would be Grace's argument, but Sam's like, no, I'm probably never going to be back well, human after this. Well, he's shit at making the argument. He's um, terrible at arguing anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. I think in every relationship, there is somebody that just tells the other person 
what to do. That's grace. And if, you know, like the other person may protest <laughs> a little bit, but then they're like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm that way in my relationship. God loved my boyfriend because he's always like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, eventually. But, and Sam and Grace are that way too. Like, Grace is like, no, 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 this is how it's going to go. And he's like, no, yeah, okay. Like, that's fine. Sam just feels like it's not the best time right now since they just started to kind of date. Grace is more concerned about the cold and the threat that she may find him a wolf again. Eventually, she talks him into leaving with her. So and that's, she doesn't want to spend any time apart. No. I mean, like, and why so would you? Yeah, why would you? I understand. Um, her parents aren't there to care. <laughs> okay. Not even that. Like, first love. Let's think about it. First love, you got to be, like, all up in each other's business all the time. So, yeah. I mean, like, like it's not hard to imagine at all. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Call It Nothing. Please remember to follow us on Instagram at let's call it nothing pod uh we will see you next week with chapters 27 through 39 to talk more about shiver and this epic love story with werewolves mm-hmm. bye bye